the reason that we worship together, we, our identity is because we are his people who have been saved by his power for his purposes. It, the focus is not on me. It's not on my activity. It's not on my looks, my deeds, my anything by that. We, our primary identity as a church is focused on God. We, together, as believers in Jesus Christ, our identity is first and foremost found in Him. Because we have been saved by His power. There's nothing that you or I could do to earn our salvation. There is nothing that we could do to have enough good works or activities to earn our saving grace that has been given to us. It is something that has been given to us by God. And therefore, as new creation, as his people who have been redeemed by his work, we as a church are here for his purposes. So this morning, we're going to look at Colossians and take this to the next step. And we're going to look at Colossians chapter 3. Grab your Bible, page uh, 984. Grab one of the few Bibles that we got here. If you don't have one, 984. Follow along with me. And we're going to start at at chapter 12. Sorry, verse 12 of chapter 3. And Paul is talking to the church in Colossae, and he's he's talking about um, what it means to be a, a follower of Christ. And this morning we're going to be talking about what it means to be um, a holistic disciple. And we'll get into that a little bit more. Starting at verse 12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassion, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so must you also forgive. And above all these, Put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. In verse 17. And whatever you do, and whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. This is the word of the Lord. If you travel up the main thoroughfare of the Lincoln Way area, which I would consider either LaGrange or Route 30. Route 30, you, you notice that there's a lot of activity going on. They're, they're trying to, uh, it looks like they're trying to widen the road. You know, there's so much going through the Lincoln Way area, so they're trying to widen the road. And there's uh, some peculiar signs. I don't know if you've seen them in the past couple weeks that have gone up. This. Wetlands, no intrusion. So there's something about these these little areas that are kind of, you know, they're 
the ecosystem. You don't want to bother them. It's soft. It's maybe there's a particular life kind of thing that they're trying to protect. But I think really in our life, in our Christian life, and in if you talk about beyond the Christian life, in the lives of the people that we know, this is true for good chunks of our life. There are certain areas in our lives that are wetlands where we say, stay out of there. None of your business. That's private. That's mine. That's my junk. What I do in that time or in these areas of my life, that's none of your business. No intrusion whatsoever. Stay out. Now, immediately in your head, there's something where you're going, oh yeah, I know what he's talking about. Or I've got this in my life. Or I've got this in friends' lives. What are some of those areas that people say, that's a wetland? No intrusion. Stay out of that. Give it to me. Finances. Amazing how the first thing that people said, and Brent, that was yours too? Finances. Stay out of my finances. What's another area? Shall we talk about it in church? Rarely talked about, but yeah, absolutely. Stay out of my sexuality. What I think about it, how I practice it, all those things, that's my life. It's private. What else? Parenting. Yeah. Don't tell me how to raise my kids or what to do with my kids. I know what's best. You know, what, what else? Give me another one. Marriage. Absolutely. That's, that's, another, that's a thing between my wife and I. We, we can, we're going to figure that out. Stay out of it. Especially if things are rocky. Or maybe when things are get, getting rocky, that's when you come and just say, I need something. What else? Give me something else. How, absolutely. How you vote. Yeah? Stay out of that. If I dare ask for, you know, how many people honestly voted? Raise your hands. Twice? Good. Well, <laughs> welcome to Chicago. <laughs> It now happens in uh, the greater Lincoln Way area. What else? Are there other vote? Yeah, that's one I didn't have. Your po- political life, your political thoughts. Good. Give me another one. Yeah, your religion, especially in this time. If you have a certain worldview or certain thoughts and you, you communicate that, it's in, considered intolerant. We don't talk about that. You know, you keep your thoughts, your religiosity. That's fine with you, but let's not talk about it. Good. What else? Anything else? Serving, how you how you use your free time to work. Good. What about business? How you run your work and your business place, how you are as an employee or as an employer. You know, that, that's a whole different world. That's my... That's my work world. This is my Christian life. Stay out of that. I will run it as I see fit, how it works best for me. You know, that's, that's stay out of that. Don't be pushing any buttons there. Anything else? What if I, if I told you I went, could go over there, grab a little manila folder with everybody's church giving records? Not just your finances, your checkbook at home. 
But what if I came out and just said, here's your, here's your, uh, your giving record for the church? Is that an area that people go, oh, 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 please stay out of that. Don't hold me accountable to that. Let's not talk about that. And we, we kind of you know, posted them all up here. I, I think people would flip out in a second. Flip out. Uh, your work ethic, your thoughts, your private, your private thoughts. All those are areas where people say, that is mine. Please, no intrusion whatsoever. That, that, that is my baby. That is my gig. But there's something different about a Christian. If we go all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, if you go back to Genesis chapter 2, you, you see something, how God has created humanity. He, he creates Adam, he breathes life into him, and Adam starts doing what? Immediately, God puts him to work in the garden. And God says, okay, I, I want you to start naming things, I want you to start caring for the garden, I want you to do all these kind of things, and on top of that, I'm going to give you a, a helper to come alongside of you, and oh, it's going to be beautiful. There's going to be absolute harmony. And if you, if you read into Genesis chapter 3, you get this picture that, that God would walk in the cool of the day with Adam and Eve. And they would have conversations. And they, they, there was this beautiful harmony of how God and, and humanity worked together. It was perfect. It was beautiful. In fact, at the end of chapter 2, it talks about intimacy and vulnerability. Adam and Eve were completely naked. Completely naked. There is just a, an openness before their God, an openness with their whole lives. Just totally open. But as we read on in chapter 3 of Genesis, at the fall, the first thing that Adam and Eve did when their eyes were opened and they recognized what they did, what was the first thing that they did? Anybody? They hid. They went and hid. They started the, oh, this is private now, this is... I, I. my life is now exposed, everything is open, and they started the hiding and compartmentalizing of their life. And God walked into the garden and said, where are you? Where are you? What have you done? Did you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? And Adam automatically did what? Pointed the finger. The woman that you gave me, she, she, and God quickly comes back and just said, listen, you listened. You're at fault. But very quickly in, in Genesis, we see where it was absolutely perfect. There was openness and vulnerability. Their whole life was lived out before God with vulnerability and honesty between each other and before God. It was, it was absolutely beautiful. And Genesis 3, everything was broken. Everything was broken. And the Christian life is one where it, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. 
a new creation. Even, even Paul was pointing back and saying, a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. That old life is dead. You are in Christ now, a new creation to be lived out in vulnerability and intimacy and whole life lived out before God. If you've been around Missio Day long enough, at least more than a year, you, you have probably heard this, this, this quote from Abraham Kuyper. In the total expanse of human life, there is not a single square inch of which the Christ, who alone is sovereign, does not declare, that is mine. Every area of your life, everything that we, we've shared as private and personal and we don't want to ever have exposed, Christ says, oh no, that, that is even, that is under my reign. There is no such thing as your secular life and your religious life. It is all to be lived out in complete wholeness as a believer in Christ. Every aspect of it. Your sexuality. We've been created as sexual beings with order and purpose. Our relationships, whether it be marital, one to another as friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, or as parents or children, all that is to be there's a certain way that God calls us to live. Whether it be our business, there's no such thing as a secular business for a Christian. Everything, how you live and how you live into your work should reflect something of God. There's another not as famous quote by, by Kuiper. He says this, whatever man... Whatever man may stand, whatever he may do, whatever he may apply his hand in agriculture, in commerce, and in industry, or his mind in the world of art and science, he is, and in whatsoever it may be, constantly standing before the face of God. He is employed in the service of his God. He has strictly to obey his God, and above all, he has to aim at the glory of his God. Every aspect of your life as a follower of Jesus Christ is to be lived out before the face of God, employed at his service, and ultimately for not your glory, his glory. Every aspect of your life. Every aspect. How we and how you, how we as a church and you as an individual or you as a, a family unit determine how to work out your faith is not a private thing. It's a public thing. How you choose to run your business or work as an employee is not a private matter. It is all to be done before the face of God, employed at his service. How you choose to interact and work with your spouse, that's not a private matter. 
It's all to be done before his service. Employed for his service and for his glory. Abraham Kuyper got it right on. It is ultimately for his glory. And we see this here in Colossians 17. 317, where he says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, whatever you do. That's That's a huge blanket statement. That's from the time you get up to the time that you go to sleep. Everything that you do, in word or in deed, whatever it is, everything you do, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Everything that you do, completely, in word or deed, completely. There's a phrase, Latin phrase, I keep one put before you, forum Deo, before the face of God. How do we live our lives? I, I really think that most of us, if we're honest, do not understand this. We really think that there are areas where God does not say, don't worry about that. That that is that part of your life. I'm going to give you a pass on that area. That's okay. That's okay. Don't worry about that. But when you come together as a church, or maybe as a Bible study, that's a whole different thing. All of life is to be lived before the face of God. And as a church, I I want you to think about how this, what kind of implications this would have. If we as a church, as a body of Christ called Mythio Day Church, locally planted in Mokina, would live this way. Where we say every moment, every moment that we have is lived before the face of God. As the one who has saved us we are his people he has saved us and we are for his purposes and if we live into that as as a church as a corporate body of believers what kind of impact would we have on this community what kind of impact would we have on places of work this week uh, brandon and i went on wednesday morning at 7 30 to hear a guy named bill moore speak bill moore is a a sharp sharp man uh, for a while, he ran what was called Bible Study Fellowship out in the south south suburbs. And it started with him. He was the first guy to start it. And thousands of men have come to Bible Study Fellowship every week. Thousands. Bill Moore owns a multi-million dollar business. And Bill Moore's ultimate goal in this business, is not to retire early. His ultimate goal is not to have a huge house. His ultimate goal, this little Italian piece of fire, he is all about reaching people for Christ 
through his business. In fact, in his, his, uh, his plants that he runs, he manages, he has hired chaplains to come into his facilities. They have worship services in their building. I know, isn't that backwards? That, that is the last thing that you should do. That is so politically incorrect. But Bill gets this idea of Coram Deo before the face of God. Man, I have a need to live rightly out of gratitude, out of love for my, out of my, for my Savior. And I want everybody that I come in contact, everybody that I come in contact to know about this Jesus Christ who has saved me. I was dead in my sins, but I am made alive in Jesus Christ. I want them to know about him. I will do whatever it takes. And that means hiring chaplains. I will hire chaplains. He has a head chaplain who calls every person that he is going to do business with. Not just vendors who are selling him stuff. But he is call, has their, his chaplains call all potential customers. The chaplains. He wants them to know about Jesus Christ. What if we would have that kind of a mentality? Where we say, you know, whatever I do, I don't care if I'm in the music industry, I don't care if I'm a full-time student, if I'm in the banking industry, if I'm working in the schools, or if I'm an architect, or if I'm an engineer, or if I'm a camp person, or if I'm a teacher, or wh whatever it is, wh whatever it is, whatever I am going to do in word or in deed, which is all-encompassing right there, everything that I do, I'm going to do it in such a way that glorifies God. Everything. We were working with Jeff Vanderstelt's definition of who the church is. The church is the gospel people who believe in the gospel. Because we recognize the work of Jesus Christ in our own lives, and we believe in it so much. And we're a formed community around the gospel. And then lastly, we demonstrate the gospel in every day ways of life every way days of life so that the world might know that the father has sent the son i want you to start thinking about what this means you know one of the interview questions that we have in our our covenant membership interviews is we we hand each potential uh person who's coming to be interviewed um, to be a member, and we say, here's, here's your giving record for the, the past year. This is not meant as a gift. But does this currently reflect your love for Christ and his gospel? And does it reflect your faith in him? Does it? Th does your giving reflect your, your love for Christ and the work that he's done for you? 
in your faith in him. If I could take your marriage and say, does, does your marriage reflect your love for Christ and your faith in him? Husbands, as you look at Ephesians 5, husbands, love your wives. In what way? To what extent? As Christ loved the church, giving himself up completely. Fathers, don't exasperate your children. Because ultimately, you're trying to point them to Christ. Don't beat them down. Don't tire them out. In all that you do, are you pointing them with your whole life towards Jesus Christ? Children, submit to your parents with your whole life, honoring them. There are just, the scripture is just riddled with ways that, that this, this works out. And here's just some examples. Psalm, Psalm 41, talks about David wanting to live with such integrity before the face of God. So how do we live with integrity as, as people of God? If, this is, if you're a note taker, write this down, research it, check it out this week. Are, are you a person that lives with such integrity that if people would examine your life, your personal life and your your public life they go man there is such integrity what he says he lives integrity romans 12 if you read all of romans 12 you know it starts off with paul says talking about being transformed by the renewing of your mind but then it he goes on at the end and talks about how then do you serve? Okay, I'm going to look because you're not getting excited about it. So. Romans 12 at the end, he, he goes on and says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. If prophecy in proportion to our faith is service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So as God has given you gifts and passions, they're not just meant to be lived out in our little Christian subculture. It's to be lived out corporately. If you have leadership gifts, do it with zeal. If you have means, which we all have, financial means, give with generosity. If you've got mercy, do it cheerfully. Cheerfully be merciful to people, not begrudgingly. He goes on. Look at, look at Matthew uh, 16. How do you do this? He tells you daily. You've got to put to death certain areas in your life so they, they come into conformity with the gospel. Put to death daily. Pick up your cross and follow after me. More. Mark. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is, is like it. Love 
your neighbor as yourself. Well, who is your neighbor? Whomever God puts on your path. And he calls us to love completely. As you love God, you are to love people. As you have been loved, so are you to love. He goes on in 1 Thessalonians where he talks to that, that early church and their lives, the way that they were living their lives was just, it was almost like an echo going out from Thessalonica. It was just going out and ringing out and ringing out as they lived. They, they were generous. And it resonates not just in your little personal burrow. It resonates to the ends of the earth. He's talking to the church. So I'm talking to you. Are we living in our lives in such a way that it is resonating? The gospel is resonating out in such ways that people come to know Jesus Christ. We, we as a church want to have passionate faith in Jesus Christ. We want to be known for our passionate faith, our love for Jesus Christ. We also want to be those who are known for our sacrificial love for one another. So if you come and your life is an absolute mess, I hope this is the most warm and loving and comfortable, safe place for you to work out your life's garbage. Because we all have it. And our last thing that we want as a church, as the gospel affects us, we want to, with you, draw you into an ever-deepening relationship with Jesus Christ. So that you are different today than from yesterday. That's why I love our Thanksgiving service. Where we have to sit down together and just say, man, where has God been at work in my life for this past year? He's been at work here. Lastly, 2 Timothy 2, Paul is talking to his spiritual son. He's saying, man, I want you to work as an approved worker. And where does that approval come from? Ultimately, it comes from your standing with God. An approved worker. Not just an approved person. So there's this idea that everything that we do, we're working it out as Adam was called to work in the garden, work in his world. In the same way, as we rightly handle the word of God, and as it affects us time and time and time again, we are changed. And we work it out with fear and trembling. Here's my... Sometimes in my uh, sermon prep, I just find a piece of paper and just start writing notes and thoughts. And here's one of my rants. That didn't sound so positive. One of my things that just kind of, as I'm writing, just it just kept on going. We... 
cannot begin to respond to the challenges of the 21st century if we compartmentalize our discipleship. Because we've already sold out to another agenda that we never discussed. If we become whole life disciples, we would have people with the time and resources to put first things first. We'd have a church that could make a difference pursuing God's agenda of sight for the blind, freedom for the captives, good news for the poor. The Spirit of God, I believe, will transform our values from those of materialism and consumerism as we discover His kingdom. Monsieur Day Church, I think we're living half into, maybe a quarter into what God has in store for us. I believe that there's, there's so much more for us to be a part of and to understand about our identity. There's so much more. I believe when we start walking, taking up our cross and following after Him, we start loving our Savior more, and that pours out into loving other people more. God is going to bless us in ways that will just blow us away. Church will become messier because people are going to come with all their junk. All of it. And together as we say, ah, I hear you. Man, you're right. Your life right now is an absolute disaster. But let me tell you about the Savior who has purchased it. Do you know Jesus Christ? And the gospel affects us in all totality. There's no such thing as wetlands where there's no intrusion. None. Yeah, the, slowly we're going to, you know, you don't come out your first day and just say, here's all my stuff. Because we all have junk, don't we? And it takes time. But it's a different kind of living. Before the face of God in a community of people who've been formed by the gospel, who are living for his purpose. practical ways that we can do that. First of all, be honest. Be honest with yourself and be honest with God. Are you living a whole life discipleship? Are you living in that kind of a way? Honestly, be honest with yourself. And if not, get into a community of people who will lovingly encourage you to live as whole life disciples. So be honest. Find a community of people who will honestly encourage you to grow in your faith. 
three. Target those areas that you know that you, you want to protect. If it's your marriage, work hard at your marriage. As an approved worker, loving your wife, loving your husband, loving your children. If it's your finances, quickly realize Maybe you should read Matthew 25 about the parable of the talents. See what that does to you. But also understand that those are gifts given to you by your God to be stewarded. If it's your financial giving to the church, target it. Be honest with it. If it's your, your business, your work ethic, if it's your just pure laziness, understand all those things are before the face of God. But it starts out with being honest. Honest with God, honest with one another. The thing about the Word of God is that it reveals things about our hearts. I've been convicted. That's the thing about preaching, is I sit in it long enough, and I see things about my life where I go, oh. Before I preach about this, I've got to do some work. I've got to be honest. I pray that this morning as the word has been preached and shared that God has brought to light an area or areas that you need to be we're going to be going to communion communion is for those who believe in the gospel. They've been transformed by it. Their identity is found in the work of Christ. And people whose lives progressively are becoming sanctified, more holy, in line with His kingdom values. It's also a beautiful picture of what was accomplished. Because of his work on the cross, we are a new creation, daily forgiven, daily to be challenged, to grow, to be made more into the image of Christ. But before you come up, I need you to examine your heart. before God and when ready come up and enjoy communion if you need somebody to pray with you for you come alongside you Brandon will be available in the back I'll be available 
Emily, can I ask Emily will be available? There is nothing, too small or too large, that together we can't take to God. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it, saying, this is my body, which is broken for you, all of you, for this my remembrance of you. And in the same way, he, he took the cup and said, this is my blood in the new covenant poured out for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 